Hey there, I'm Scott, and this is Tangents. Um, I apologize if there's some background noise. I'm really working on the audio, but uh, shockingly hard to get the levels right and get everything set up correctly when I'm, I'm not able to monitor what I'm recording. Um, also, I have a place that is built to you know look okay, but have terrible insulation and uh, yeah, because it's cheaper and who gives a fuck uh, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the line, you know, people are paying more for their electric bills. They're wasting more, you know, fossil fuels and dumping more CO2 into the air as long as I've made my crappy house and gotten my money out of it. So there is, or there are people outside doing, you know, who knows what, and I'm I have no, I don't begrudge them at all. Obviously, they're doing their job and uh, and so on. But they have loud two-stroke engines and uh, just making a fucking racket, uh, which is annoying. Dumping a bunch of shit into the air, which is annoying. Spreading dust around, which is fucking annoying. Blowing shit into other people's yards, also annoying. Um, and then you know you have the combination of that and everything being built such a shitty standard it's one thing that just it's something that just drives me fucking up the wall and today i have a limited amount of time i have a meeting coming up so i'm going to try to make this pretty short um go back to something that's more like my normal format instead of talking about my colon for uh, yet another episode um basically what i want to talk about today is socialism and in particular this was an interesting conversation I had with my girlfriend yesterday. Um, we were talking yesterday, Joe Biden's campaign announced um, Kamala Harris is going to be their VP, uh, or at least the candidate for VP. It's not a foregone conclusion at all that, uh, that he wins, but assuming he wins, she'll be the VP. And I've got mixed feelings about this. I mean, I see a lot of people that are excited. Um, yeah, it's a woman person of color, you know, there are nice things about it. Um, but then also, at the same time, you know, put a bunch of people in prison, probably shouldn't have been there, um, didn't prosecute Mnuchin, probably should have. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of things if you go through, I mean, this is true, anyone's, anyone's history, anyone's record that you go through, they'll have good things and bad things. You know, nobody is perfect, nobody is pure terrible. Even even if you go to somebody like Trump, yeah, it's it's pretty easy to go through his life and almost feel sorry for him. I mean, his dad was a complete shitbag. Uh, his mom, not much greater. Yeah, and you just look at, uh, it's like, jeez, uh, if this guy would have gotten hugged a little bit more as a kid, he probably wouldn't be a malignant asshole. And then you think also, like, through his life, yeah, he partied a lot and he had a lot of sort of material success, but you wonder if anyone actually ever really cared for him or, you know, I mean, pretty much every relationship that he's in seems to be purely transactional. And so they don't like him. It's just, you know, what he can give them. At least that's my perception. I'm sure there are people that like him genuinely. I mean, it's hopefully, hopefully his kids to some extent or, you know, maybe his wife, I don't know, but uh, don't want to get into that. The thing I want to talk about today uh, was basically we. And what spurred this discussion yesterday 
was that a friend was posting some stuff about how excited he was that she was the VP pick and, uh, you know, he's, he's super for getting Biden elected. And it's an interesting thing because this guy is someone that, uh, I'm not going to mention who he is. Uh, he's not like a celebrity, but he's decently well-known in, um, in our local politics. And he's very for Medicare for all. And I said something about like, oh, he's kind of uh, become a centrist. And then she, who, uh, when I met her, was a very active DSA member and uh, was actually the secretary of the Phoenix DSA for a while. Uh, she was saying, you know, I'm not so sure that I'm not a centrist myself. And what I was thinking, or what this kind of made me think and what, where the discussion led, was I, th I think a lot of people have been, and I made one of these talking about what radicalized me a while ago, and I, I was saying radicalized tongue-in-cheek. This is going to get a little bit more into that. Because what has happened, as far as I'm concerned, is that the Democratic Party has gone so far to the right that if you are just an honest-to-God centrist, like you are somebody who is completely rational and reasonable and you're pretty middle of the road, you're left of the people who are running the Democratic Party. You're left of the people who have been either presidents or presidential candidates for the bulk of my life. Um, you know, certainly going back to all the way to Clinton. Uh, maybe you could argue Al Gore was a little further left, but eh, you know, not, um, if he was, not exactly out about it. Um, but you know, you look at some of these other people like Lieberman, not, really even a Democrat. I mean, he's basically independent, but, uh, and I, I hate using the term conservative because I think a lot of these people, it, it, it's just a fucked up, distorted place that we're in right now. Because if you genuinely are conservative, there's no real party for you. If anything, the Democrats are almost the conservative party, uh, but even they are not really. And if you're yeah, the people that call themselves conservatives, by and large, I mean, they have this whole mythos about how far left and radical the Democrats are. And it's just, it, it's maddening for someone like me because I'm kind of left to center and I look at where the party is. I look at where everybody's running, uh, where everybody's governing. And with the exception of, for example, the squad, um, the party is right of center. I mean, it's just... It just is, you know. There's a you know, there's a New York Times piece that I, I, I talk about and share a lot uh, about how the party, you know, like what happened to America's center of mass, and it's talking about how the Republicans have gone like off the fucking deep end, like completely into la la land. Not even necessarily just um, into extreme conservatism, but I would say into just uh, you know like. Not beyond laissez-faire capitalism, it's basically to anarcho-capitalism. Like, just let anything happen. If people have money, let them buy whatever. And then the Democrats have put up no real resistance. And they're constantly so afraid, as far as I can tell, so afraid of being called communists and leftists and socialists and all this shit, that they just kept chasing the Republicans further and further right. And... 
it's, it's, it's so fucking frustrating because already, already Trump is calling uh, Biden, you know, a leftist. He's saying that uh, there's a whole thing. Uh, there's a, what is it, Washington Times. I always want to call them Washington Post, but it's like, I don't know if you can hear that. I'm so sorry. I, I just don't have time to, um, to do this. My neighbors have a little bit of a daycare going. And so if you hear a kid screaming in the, the background, um, I, think the, I think the leaf blower was actually favorable compared to this from my perspective. Um, I talk about this too much, but kids screaming just gets me in the, you know, gets me in the fucking rectum. It's like, oh, I can't take it. You know, like just fix that. It hurts. I find it physically painful. Anyway, moving on. The idea that Joe Biden and all of these people running this party are anywhere near the left is ridiculous. And again, Joe Biden, right of center, like just absolutely. Obama kind of ran left of center, but governed, or governed right of center. The ACA, his signature piece of legislation, Obamacare, if you will, um, it's Romney care. Heritage Foundation's market-based plan. The Democrats, as far as I can, and I, I understand, it's very easy to step back and kind of judge people from a distance. It's different when you're in the thick of it. And this gets into like, is everybody, or is there anyone who's really pure evil? Like if you, if you go into Trump's history and Trump's mentality, I don't think that he's necessarily malicious. I don't know that he's not, but I think he's kind of purely selfish, pure id and ego and just no, um, no super ego, no higher kind of, no empathy, nothing to, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know that he's ever done something, like truly done something that was either selfless or even just to benefit somebody else. Here the leaf, the, the leaf blower is coming back, so. Um, and the screaming child, so we've got both. You can, you know, enjoy. Um, it's fucking infuriating. I'm, I'm, I almost, almost just want to delay this and do it in the afternoon, but today I'm kind of like socked in, and uh, it's frustrating. It's one thing about schedule and getting, you know. I, I remember a time when I was younger, somehow, Somehow I could watch so much TV and just fuck around so much and just not do very much. I don't know how I had that much free time because now, you know, I just, I'm not quite saying every minute is committed. I have, you know, I intentionally have made room to just sort of decompress and chill out a little bit, but I'm pretty much doing stuff most of the time. And, you know, I, I don't really have lots of little pockets other than things like this, which is still to some extent, I mean, it's fun, I enjoy it, but it's also a form of work, if you will. It's not, um, it's not like this is just um, pure entertainment and relaxation for me. And so anyway, getting back, the ACA was a right piece of legislation. Yeah, not, I, I'm not even gonna call it conservative, but it's basically a, you know, malevolent, malignant capitalism kind of idea that the market magically fixes everything. The, ma the market 
magically gives you the best of everything. Um, this is an insane idea. And the thing, that, the thing that drives me nuts about it, well, first off, one thing that drives me nuts about that in particular is that, and, and this is the pattern the Democrats keep falling into, they bend over backwards to give the Republicans Romney care. And the Republicans still spend all this time and effort trying to dismantle and undermine it. Like, fucking Romney care. Not even a public option in that thing. Just to accommodate Lieberman and people who are, air quotes, conservative. And they're tearing it down. Yeah. Fucking learn, for fuck's sake, people. This is all I'm saying. Like, stop bending over backwards. Who cares? You know, like, the idea that Joe Biden is afraid to come out for Medicare for all, or even even really truly do the equivalent, uh, you know, like a, something that would be a modern healthcare system that doesn't suck horribly and cost an obscene amount. To do that, he's afraid of, oh, he's raising middle-class taxes or being accused of being a socialist. Um, knock it the fuck off because you're getting accused of that shit anyway. This is the thing that drives me nuts. The Republicans are still calling him a socialist. You get the, you're paying the fucking penalty for it. You know, people were calling Obama, who I assure you, he's like a Reagan era Republican. Uh, they're calling him a socialist. It, it's, it, it's just, this is, it makes me want to rip out my hair if I had any. And so what's maddening, and I think this is, I, this gets to, to the topic, they've gone so far because of this fear that there are a lot of people like um, like this friend and my girlfriend who probably are realistically pretty middle of the road. You know, they're, I don't think that they are in fact, um, you know, I, I mean, I know people who are like radical leftists, like communists, um, anarcho-communists, like people who are like way, way out there. And the bulk of the people that I know, though, including people in things like DSA, they're pretty, pretty moderate, honestly. Now, not what we consider to be moderate in today's politics, which is, again, right of center, but they're genuinely moderate. They don't want anything ridiculous. They just want basic stuff that every other developed country has. They want us to have a healthcare system that doesn't cost a fifth of our GDP and that gives us better care and doesn't have us getting progressively shorter lifespans, uh, life expectancies going down, getting increasing infant mortality and maternal mortality, medical bankruptcies, all of these things. People are like, yeah. So they see that and they see where they are compared to the air quotes left party, the Democrats. And they think that they're actually like, um, I mean, which is not to say, I'm not saying that they're not like, European socialists in that sense, but they're definitely not like way out to the left, but they sort of associate with these organizations because the left party is so far to the right already. And so I'm, I started thinking, just talking with her, I really think a lot of the reason that there's this big you know, surge in popularity of this stuff isn't that people are genuinely like radical, which is not to say, and again, there are people who are, and there's nothing wrong with that. People are you know, 
you can have your own political philosophy and all of this. But I think a lot of people who are kind of in that domain are just people who want things that are completely reasonable and should not be a big deal, like public schools. Strong public education should be just a center platform. It should not be something, it should be something that's shared, honestly, between Republicans and Democrats. Having a post office that fucking works, this should not be a partisan issue. This should be just a patriotic, you know, you're a citizen and you want a post office that works. Uh, it shouldn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. Uh, wearing a fucking mask. This should not be a partisan issue. You are somebody who wants to take care of yourself. You want to take care of other people. Uh, this is a zero effort, no brainer of a thing. And, you know, I mean, it helps so much. And yet you have this weird tribalism that tells people, oh, you know, an, an interesting thing. I used to think that the people who are not mask wearers were just universally dickholes. Um, turns out a lot of people, you start picking around, you start asking, they don't wear the mask because they feel like they would be betraying their tribe. They're, you know, it's like, well, I'm a Republican, but I really like to wear a mask because it seems like the right thing to do, but I feel like I'm, you know, I'm being, you know, fucking, what the hell? You know, why are we so twisted in this way? This should be, you know, supporting the post office, going back to this. And this is just this general, uh, and again, it goes to this Republicans being anarcho-capitalists. Um, and they genuinely radical, crazy, like destroy the government kind of people. And this is not patriotic. It pisses me off that these motherfuckers um, drive around with giant trucks getting like 13 miles per gallon and a fucking flag that... Um, you know, adds 10% drag to the thing. You know, it's maddening. These people consider themselves to be patriotic. At a time when catastrophic climate, climate change is looming, they're doing this shit. At a time when, you know, you have a pandemic roaring, they're sitting there feeling like, oh, well, my party is this way, so we're not going to wear masks. You know, like, knock it the fuck off. And, and similarly, you know, Similarly, the Democrats have this shit where they're like, well, we can't have Medicare for all because the Republicans might judge us harshly and call us uh, socialists. You know, I I'm, I'm fucking sorry. Healthcare, having good healthcare should not be a radical notion, especially in the wealthiest fucking country in history. Having a modern healthcare system that is comparable to what basically every other country that is a peer nation of ours has had for decades, that shouldn't be a radical notion. That should be a basic common good that we can all get behind. And maybe there are some people, you know, like 5% of people who are like totally nuts about it and are out, but it shouldn't be something where it's like, well, we, you know, that's too radical for us. We just can't, can't possibly do that. We've got to go, you know, like take Romney care and add a little bit to it. We'll tweak it a little bit. We certainly couldn't raise taxes on the middle class. Even if that, even if raising those taxes offsets a much bigger expense, uh, we can't do that because it, you know, Grover Norquist told us that taxes are just bad and we have to shrink, you know, I mean, 
This whole fucking thing drives me insane. And it's, it, I think it's one of the reasons, honestly, why, yeah, the, the, I, I don't feel like the DSA kind of thing is, uh, it's certainly not for me, for a variety of reasons. I, I love Bernie, but you know, you get into, and also the stuff that people like the DSA in New York, um, the things that they're doing seem good, but a lot of, and I can only speak to like the Arizona one, um, and I don't think these are bad people, but they seem like they're just very content to kind of not do much, have these long protracted meetings, which are just excruciating to the point where even people who are really motivated are just like, I, I can't fucking take it. Um, you know, they, they have these things where like, it's, it's basically a reading club for like Marxists literature. And you know, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's fine to read this stuff, and it's good to have that in your your sort of uh, you know, repertoire of knowledge. But the idea that, and probably, and I don't just mean this as a condemnation of him specifically, but the idea that anyone, here comes more two-stroke engine. The idea, it just it it makes me fucking furious. <laughs> I'm not I'm I'm half kidding about being furious, but it's it's annoying. It's like come on. Um, it's so fucking loud, and also, like, if you have a two-stroke engine like this, first off, spreading all of this dust, killing the air quality, and then dumping, like, a two-stroke engine, I don't know if you know very much about this stuff, two-stroke engines, no emissions controls, uh, like, no catalytic converter, nothing there to prevent, you know, so basically it's just dumping a bunch of vaporized oil and gas into the air. Uh, this one I think might be a weed whacker, I don't know. But still, anyway, lost my train of thought. I'm, I'm so sorry about this. This is, like this is to the point where, I don't, it'd be funny if you can't hear that. Although I think there's no way that you can't hear it. I almost, almost just wanna pause because this could be, this is particularly bad and maybe it'll go away in a minute. But anyway. The idea, Jesus fuck, this is just killing me. The idea that anyone like hundreds of years ago has something that is the definitive thing to say about where politics or anything should be today is, is just silly, you know? I mean, I don't care how visionary you are and how deep of a thinker and all of this, things, exist now that just were not even conceived of back then. And the world is just a fundamentally different place. You kind of learn this stuff. It's good to understand what the path has been, but you know, it's, it's like saying we should use Newtonian gravity and not understand that, well, you know, general relativity actually says that under a lot of circumstances, um, you know, close to the sun, um, close to a black hole, at very high velocities, Newtonian gravity breaks down a little bit. This kind of stuff that seemed like, you know, perfectly reasonable at this time, um, we've learned a lot since then. And one of the things that we've learned, and this is a thing, uh, I, I talk about hardcore history a lot, but I should find the episodes where he's talked about this, but one of the things that he has talked about, uh, Dan Carlin, that I think was enlightening was just that, uh, 
there were these ideas, sort of Marxist ideas, that got really popular in coffee shops kind of in Europe and spread around. Um, and this was a sort of thing that is very appealing on paper because it's like, well, from each according to their ability to each according to their needs. Sounds like something that anyone can get behind, right? And having workers not be terribly exploited sounds like a perfectly good fucking thing. Having workers control, to some extent, the, the means of production sounds like a good thing. But then you start realizing, okay, well, we try to implement this. And what happens, and it's happened a lot, and I do think people were sincerely trying to implement this, what happened was that people thought this would work because, again, intellectually, all of this stuff seems good. And those are kernels of real truth and real things that are good that we should probably factor into our decisions. But they tried implementing this thing that was unrealistic and didn't take into account human factors and human nature, this kind of stuff. And which is a weird, bizarro mirror image of the people who like believe Anne Rand. Both of these groups of people have these ideas that are just toy models of reality. And they're not totally, like a toy model can be useful just as a thought exercise, just as like a Gedanken experiment. It lets you think about, well, what, what would things be like if this? What would things be like if this? And those should be toy models, like as far as I'm concerned, think about them and understand like, okay, this is a toy model. It's not perfect. This is a toy model, it's not perfect. But it gives you insights, and then you kind of go beyond that and think about you know, things more deeply, factoring all of this stuff in. And especially also, like, do some fucking experiments and see, okay, uh, Kansas tried this shit, and it really, really, really didn't work. A bunch of countries tried this shit, and it really, really, really didn't work. You try this stuff, work out, uh, production collapses. This is pretty much like the, the path that this goes down. Production collapses and you start, first off, you start having to make jobs for people, um, which is, there's nothing wrong with me. I mean, you know, like every person that's not doing something, not thinking about stuff, not, I don't care if it's art or even playing video games or, you know, whatever. Everyone who's not doing stuff like this is kind of a lost opportunity. Everyone not being able to reach their fullest potential, just in the in the sense of like uh, you know the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, getting to sort of self-actualization, it's better for that person and it's also better for all of us, uh, you know, because they make contributions. They're nicer, happier people. And it's it's much nicer to live in a place where people are kind of content and they're not miserable and they're not hating their job constantly. Yeah, which is not to say like. Every job has things that you're going to hate. And even the shittiest jobs will probably have things that you don't mind so much. But it is possible for a lot of us to be very productive and do things that we like and find interesting and that kind of stretch us a little bit in a good way. Um, and if we do that, then sure, you're still going to have things that are challenging and unpleasant, but you'll have a much happier populace and, you know, more productive in terms of like if you're going to reduce things to economics people will be more productive will get more done uh, the economy will be better people will have a higher standard of living if you're going to turn it into like we're trying to optimize for happiness which i always 
both happiness and uh, economic success, I, I feel like are not the right things to focus on. They're kind of side effects. If you try to chase happiness, um, it's a pretty big recipe to be unhappy. I think if you do things and you're kind of pursuing either self-actualization or some kind of goals that are you know, reasonable, happiness kind of falls out from that. But if you're trying to be happy and your goal is specifically, I want to be happy. Um, yeah. I feel like that also, like it's just setting this impossible ideal and you know, you're, you're going to be unsuccessful at it. And in addition to that, you're going to be miserable because you're going to be constantly saying, well, I'm not happy right at this moment. Yeah. You know, you, which you're not meant to be. You're not supposed to like happiness is a, it's not supposed to be your continual state of being any more than being miserable is. Uh, and, and actually like being miserable from time to time, kind of makes you a more complete human being, um, which I'm not saying like it's good to be miserable very often. And it is nice to be happy very often, uh, but it's better to feel like satisfaction and like, um, you know, some kind of sense of accomplishment or a sense of community or things that, you know, you've done something that actually has contributed to something. You've done something that matters, especially to somebody else. Uh, those kinds of things are better than just chasing happiness. And not only that, but if you're pursuing those kinds of things, you will be happier. I pretty much fucking guarantee. Um, and if you're not pursuing happiness, you will make yourself miserable. So just a, uh, a little aside thing, getting, getting close to the clock here. So this is a thing that drives me nuts. And I basically the, the sort of like reeling all of this stuff in and trying to get back to such as I have, you know, none of these things really have a thesis, but they're, you know, they're kind of weaving around something. What I'm trying to get to is that I think a lot of people are just genuinely kind of center-ish. Um, not the center-ish that the Republicans or Democrats claim is centrist. Um, and not also you know, it's an interesting thing. I ran uh, for office and when I talked to people, even Trump voters, it's shocking how many people have very similar ideas of like what they care about, their values. Now, I'm not saying that everybody shares exactly the same values, but people do by and large want good lives for themselves and their kids. They want some degree of security. They want some degree of prosperity, uh, some degree of like fulfillment in their lives and for, for their posterity. And you know, they have different ideas of how to get there. To me, and this is where politics is very bizarre and fucked up, to me, this is our goal. You know, just like having the post office that works and is not you know, sabotaged by people who are gonna force them to have a fully funded pension for 75 years, which is in, like for people, you have to have the pension funded for people who are not born yet. Um, is, is ridiculous. It's like, yeah. Um, but anyway, if we decide these are our goals, the details of how to solve those problems, how to achieve those things shouldn't be like fundamentally should not be that you're coming in saying, Oh, well the market will fix it. Oh, well, you know, command economy will fix it. Oh, well, you know, some form of anarchy will fix it. You're coming in with an answer 
but you're not actually looking at the question. You're not actually doing the engineering work that it takes to say, this is what we're trying to accomplish. Let's see, how do we get there? And the thing that's crazy about this also is again, like you have Kansas, you have all of these countries where they thought something would work and they ended up being like, again, Soviet Union, I think started out with good intentions. And then, you know, because of human factors and a variety of things, ends up being like a totalitarian kind of horrible regime. Um, you know, you look at that, you look at this and you're like, maybe there are other ways. And you kind of look around the world and you see, oh, these people are doing this really well. These people, eh, they kind of fucked this up, but they're doing this really well. And you sort of take like the best things from all of these. This was the way I think things should work. It's like an engineering problem. I want to accomplish X. I don't really care as long as it is ethical and practical. I don't really care how we get to X. I don't really give a shit. Um, you know, if, if I thought that the ACA plus some mutations would get everybody healthcare and would end medical bankruptcy and would get us, you know, down to a more reasonable healthcare expense or expenditure and not have healthcare be like a ridiculous luxury for, um, that's just a lot of people are locked out of, I'd be all for it. I, I, I talk about Medicare for all because I kind of think that's one of the best approaches, but I'm a little bit agnostic and I think that is the right way to be. I want to accomplish X. What is the best way? Do the engineering, do the work and then figure the fuck out. That should be the, the thing about that is that that should not be partisan. It shouldn't be something where you're like, Oh, I'm so, I'm just so invested in lowering taxes, no matter what, that I'm not going to do anything that would ever require raising taxes. Fucking insane. I'm so invested in that. Totally insane. There are things that work that involve raising taxes. There are things that work that involve lowering taxes. There are things that work that involve expanding government in certain areas. And there are things that are actually improved by re reducing government. And yeah, you know, like looking at this stuff and figuring out what is the best approach um, to get to the goal that we all share or the by and large all share seems like a no brainer to me. Seems like this should be kind of what we're all doing. And I think there are so many problems, but one of the biggest ones is just we have this kind of um, political class who are very invested, not even in getting to a goal, but just, you know, like Pelosi would be an archetype of this. Just, it's a career. It's something, you know, I'm wealthy, I'm stable. I have a lot of clout. I have a lot of, uh, you know, people look up to her. It feels good to have, you know, it's like, oh yes, queen, um, this kind of stuff. And then on the other side, you have idiots like fucking Ben Shapiro, who again, don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And neither one of these people, uh, and I'm not trying to like say they're all pure asshole. There are some good things about, well, I don't know about him, but there are good things about most people and even maybe some good ideas, but both of them are invested much more in their own, like, you know, their own glory and um, sort of their brand and being pissed off and finding ways finding ways to enrich themselves and uh, and so on, not actually accomplishing anything. That's what disgusts me. And that's, I think, why so many people feel like uh, neither party really suits them right now, because 
both parties are infested by people like like this and there's not really there's not a lot of and I, I, I hate I, I, sh I don't want to say not a lot of common sense because that's a whole other refrain that people come back to uh, it's an annoying thing actually when you start looking at this stuff there are a lot of politicians who go down that path and they're like oh well, we need common sense solutions and it turns out to be bullshit uh, it's frustrating because you understand why people are how they are but at the same time you know stuff to work on um, I, I definitely desperately have to go now because my meeting is literally about to start um, I don't feel like I put quite enough of a button on that but hopefully hopefully you got the idea of what I'm trying to get to. Um, I will certainly talk about it more in the future. With that, thank you, uh, as always, for listening or watching, and uh, say Jen.